Welcome to the Reality Explorers Podcast. This is my personal journey of exploration and investigation, questioning what is really going on around us. What is underneath the surface of it all? What does our mind interpret as real and what may not be real? Join me now as we dive in deep and explore reality. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Reality Explorers podcast. And I'm here today with my good friend, Raven Delacroix. And uh, we're going to kick off our very first episode. How uh, exciting. It is. Uh, first time for a lot of things. This is my first time doing a podcast and learning all the technical stuff and well, so yeah, it's, it's a merge for sure. It is. So the idea for, for this podcast is, as I called it, Reality Explorers. It's simply an exploration into what is reality and how do people interact with it. And what are some of the strange things that reality does when it breaks? Um, so let's start off first by um, what is reality to you, Raven? Uh, I know it's such a broad question, but uh, I, I think one of the, the biggest things that you bring up a lot is talking about an avatar. Right. It is a broad. It's very broad. Very broad. But <laughs> how I look at it, how I've lassoed it in so that I can navigate that reality because that's I only have myself to be able to do with. You can't do anything for any other body. Words don't teach, but they do inspire. And um, here, I really like sharing the journey when you make it fun, no matter the stimulus. No, there's a lot going on in the world today, and a lot of people, well, all of us are a composite of the influence of what we allow by, based on what we believe. So that's the bigger picture. So in each of us have our ways of either dealing with it, which is effortful, or navigate it, which is exploratory. Doesn't mean it isn't difficult and there isn't like bumps and crashes, but it means that you're aware of being aware. You know that you're responsible for your life no matter the story. And it's not blame, shame, regret, or any of those negative adjectives. It's just the rule set of the game. And I say game and I say rule set. It took me a while to be able to have game because I thought it was far too serious and dramatic here on planet Earth to consider that somebody would willingly do this, you know, and not be, I mean, how could they cause reality like that, you know, uh, from a higher level? And then more and more, there was a book years ago called uh, The Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot. 
he's passed on quite young, but I think he just went to the next level. I think he got something in the game. And that was the first attention that I'd had other than Star Trek, you know, but it, but in so-called real life, like knowing that, yes, I know those are those are portals to other realities when people write science fiction. They're, they're really truer than you think in many cases. And um, just different selections in what I'm about to discuss, which is my very little understanding of the holographic universe, because um, I'm still in it. And my interest turned from navigating the traditional way through, you know, many careers I've had being a public figure, you know, speaking in public or doing what, what I call sacred ceremony as various things I can share about that. And, you know, to be able to be part of the soul solution, S-O-U-L-Lution. And um, because I, I, it was overwhelming when you are able to see more and more the overview without... Like, for instance, I'm not political and I'm not religious, but I'm totally spiritual and the history and herstory that's embedded in the earth are clues in the game. And when you start saying, wait a minute, if this is a holographic reality, I don't, I don't claim to have grokked the whole thing, mind you, but it's like uh, these are the pieces that I've been able to um, understand for myself because what I'm looking for myself and to share you share what you what you're learning um is how you navigate in this thing uh-huh. okay and when you look at things the you know it's like we won't have to go into a whole explanation about what is a hologram or a holographic universe but i'd say michael talbot is a very good first read and somebody current who doesn't want to read uh tom campbell <laughs> my big toe mm-hmm. he wrote that and he has just endless videos right on youtube that you can uh, have him explain, uh, you know, in a, in a really uh, grounded way how it works. And it's simple for the kids today to understand that because they're digital children. Mm-hmm. But from my era, I was born, you know, 1947, way back when. And uh, so, we, you know, we, I used to see those things in the back of comic books and I gravitated to them and here they are true, you know, just hidden in those things. So that's how I got my interest in, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, what is the hologram, you know, and how does that work? So um, before I even found the Tom Campbell books, I knew about the holographic universe. So I go to a trip to Los Angeles and I was going to drive and I had this four years ago and I had my little puppy, he's now four. And uh, I said, how because when I do sacred ceremony, which means live every day consciously, and I'll share what that's about it, as I mentioned, but this was when I did the first thing intentionally, where I'm actually leaving Sedona, which is like living, you live on a ley line surrounded by vortices, and, you know, it's activated by how you activate. And so I just asked, I said, show me how that this is a holographic universe so that I can know what it is i'm reading about it Mm -hmm. Um, i know i can feel that that's the truth i've seen videos about how it goes but not until this digital age where Mm. you know uh, when you can relate i relate to this body that we inherit as a biological computer and i'm not the only one and how to navigate it is uh is like a car a car requires certain fuel 
and requires, you know, certain types of things to to optimally be one with the car so that not, you're all you're all good. And when I started having some serious near-death experiences over a couple of years and the bits and pieces started making themselves known to me through actual experience while I'm looking at I do create my reality I am looking to see how the hologram works and I want to navigate consciously I don't want to just like spout out things I'm interested in and then just die and get thrown into the earth it's just not exciting for me to think about that it's Mm -hmm. just like why do it, you know? So it's got to be an orchestration. It's got to mm-hmm. be a reason why um, sonics speak to me, why, why, why um, I, I, I had pneumonia all of my life, so breathing and breath should be the last thing on my agenda because that would be my weakest organ. Yet my life depended on having to remember cellularly because I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't think about anything. Survival kicked in when I was in a near-death experience. And it was breath and raising my frequency and sound of a specific kind that bypassed the mind mechanism, the mind's machine, and went straight to the heart, which is the higher information, the soul's organ, mm-hmm. you know. And so, therefore, you know, you have access. So now I'm looking at these things, the zeros and the ones, the access, you know, the biological computer, you know, the mind machine is a program. We inherit it and then we're taught things and then we pick up things because AI can fix itself. So while that's just doing the job, we forget who we really are because we're supposed to wake up at four years old and here we are dead in 106 and we haven't figured it out yet. So there's a glitch in the matrix and there's a virus going on. So I'm going, okay, now what do I do about it? And, you know, we, I, so I know, okay, I don't understand how it all works, but I understand that, that there's, um, you know, that, that, that this is a holographic universe and that, um, that we are in a matrix and it doesn't have to be a bunch of Smiths. But when you listen to Tom Campbell, he explains Mm. how this works and why I resorted to using the name Avatar. And I love the movie Avatar, yes. But uh, before then, there was um, uh, masters were considered avatars too in a spiritual realm. And um, there was some organization that was doing the... um, avatar courses how to become an avatar so it's 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 in the culture i think but it's just that uh since i love the idea of uh when when the um the nave would be together as as a people that uh and they sat down and on the earth you know which didn't have gmos and pollutants and chemtrails and those things in it but that's a don't don't let me forget to bring that up how how you can navigate that, that's very important because it's a current problem with okay. people today. And I was so lucky to run across this. Yeah. And, uh, and it's an easy-peasy solution to not be taken down by uh, environments mm-hmm. because you can install. So that goes back to us as biological computers. And, you know, just like when we go to school uh, uh, in... Uh, for, you know, kindergarten, first grade, nursery, mm-hmm. kindergarten, first grade, then, you know, then the... The upper levels, you know, the high school and the colleges and the master classes. It's the same with when we have upgrades. So we get upgrades in with these units get upgrades. It's not really necessarily uh, what we need, you know, as spiritual beings, because we're we're just teaching the unit how to survive and what it needs to just be a unit. And then, of course, the spirit breaks through. I mean, in most cases, whether negatively or positively, 
and then goes and, and, and individuates, mm -hmm. you know, and becomes who they are, you know, through conflict or whatever. Question I wanted to ask you, since we brought up earlier um, the holographic universe, and then we brought up Tom Campbell with the scientific approach, um, what, what are your thoughts on um, the universe being, or reality being in a hologram versus simulation theory? Well, that is the same. Or are they the same thing? They are the same. The, ho the hologram is the whole picture. The simulation is like right now we are sharing a sim, mm -hmm. you know, and in agreement. You know, we're not in a war. We're not in some, you know, sad mm -hmm. place where people are, are, you know, experiencing less than mm -hmm. loving things. So when, when you mentioned an avatar, as being an avatar character, would that be comparable to, let's say, playing the sims on a computer and being a sim in this and reality we're kind of like in a video game simulated yeah, this is our avatar but it's not us you know we live in the, we're not bodies we most most people know that not everybody but most people know that we, are, we live in these bodies and our ancestors aren't our ancestors they're the ancestors that the body had all the pairs the nano billions of pairs that have come together in order to um, make this body today you know and so that's the genetic ancestors but they're not our ancestors we as spiritual beings you know having multiple dna lines or whatever you know depending if you uh understand that we can choose to continue and have experiences and not be born in the same genetic line and have aunt clara or whatever so now tom campbell's very good about explaining that so i, I would anyone who's really okay. super interested because he really makes it i mean he knows what he's talking about i'm learning from him mm -hmm. And the holographic universe is, you know, it's real. I mean, as far as that author you were saying, scientific. Um, and there, and there's many. If you go, if you YouTube, uh, the, you know, simulations. Oh my mm -hmm. goodness! But it's really good to pick people who are um, have a substantial way of explaining it because mm -hmm. there's people that get excited. Like I'm talking to you about it, mm -hmm. but I don't claim to be an expert. I'm exploring it. I'm looking at. I love the concept, and I understood it. You know, intellectually, I knew of it. I knew about it. But that's not knowing. Knowing is being it. Mm -hmm. You know, you already, you download it. You are it. So I'm in that phase, you know, which happened to me, you know, um, um, the, the, the word avatar, to continue that, um, yes. that strain, it's like, so the way Tom Campbell explains it is that um, if you, if, like I can assess myself now when I started thinking this way, I say, okay, so I have this whole genetic library. And um, I know, you know, some things about my lineage. And then I look at the, 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 the lineage I have. And I'm not close with my family. It's not that I wouldn't want to be. It's just that, I, you know, the, how I got to be who I am and what I'm here for in the world and the mission at hand. Should I, and I already chose to accept it. And it's wonderful. And it's a privilege. And it's daunting. But it's, 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 I couldn't see not doing it, you know. And what it is, it's um, when, when you have a conglomerate of information that is uh, a whole new platform that all these people that are already moving and shaking, the Greg Braytons, the Bruce Liptons, the Bashars, the Abrahams, the uh, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza's, the Nassim Harriman's, uh, all these progressive individuals, and they're all in tandem. They're all coming up from their individual professions, and they're bringing their peace and saying the same thing. So I'm not inventing anything. I, too, am, when you swim in a certain library, you gain access vibrationally, mm -hmm. and the information is there. It's not kept from anyone. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, what is it? Seek, knock, and you shall, seek, and you shall, look, and seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be open unto you. I mean, it's true. It's like you just have to arrive at the doorstep. And in, and in the case of having this biological avatar that we inherit, and it has a certain rule set because we're in 3D, you know, and uh, and we have, you know, what we've surrounded ourselves with, what we've, we in coming on in. And then we, if we would look at it optimally, the way I look at it now, I'm learning how to look at seeing the assets of the avatar that I inherited, and then my my higher information as I tap into more of who I am, from a higher frequency, I heal parts of this avatar based on frequency. It's not like I'm a doctor or I know some kind of earthian procedure, but I've learned that as you raise the frequency and at a proper gradient, by the way, because some mm-hmm. people uh, burn up. They, set them, they don't set themselves on fire. They burn up because they out-excess the unit, just like when you plug in something in a wrong socket. Poof, you know, you have a laboratory fire. And that's exactly what happened to those people. They burned out their units, and they didn't quite plan on it that way. Oh. You know, and so um, they combust. That's what it is. Is that sort of like the stories you would hear about spontaneous combustion? Yeah, that's what I just said. Oh, okay. combust. So that's they would that. combust. Okay. And they, it's like, uh-oh. Wow. You know, you have to know the unit that you're in. So I've had a wild ride with this unit, and it's a miracle that it's in the condition that it's in, um, considering, uh, you know, that I didn't know I was bumping around, not knowing what I was doing, just looking for, looking for a higher answer. And I never got bought and sold by, you know, following anyone. I mean, yes, when Hubbard was alive, I, that was the first organization that I actually experienced. But I did not experience um, being brainwashed. or. And I know it exists. All those universes exist. But he wasn't doing that. The guy was an explorer. And he wanted mankind to, to be able to have a, have, a, have a start without inheriting all the stuff in the DNA. And, and, and he, he had the roadmap to the mind down. And he was just moving... Through, through a higher realm of how to apply it. He called it the OT levels. Mm-hmm. So that you can operate knowingly as a conscious being and not expect blood from a rock. Once you realize that people are showing you who they are, if you really listen, mm-hmm. and that if, you're, if, you, if they're not you, you don't, if you're not needy and need something, it's parasitic if you're needing something, needing them to be a certain way. Now, yes, if you have a job interview and you need somebody to specifically mm-hmm. know how to fix your dryer, you know, that would be helpful, you know, to it. But other than that, it's like um, people will tell you about themselves and you'll find out whether they're present enough to to be whatever it is that, that you're that you're co creating or describing. Instead people project what they want on another and the person may show up for it thinking that's what I'd like to do and maybe it's not to that person's ex you know, it gets to be convoluted and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's something else, then you have this bad relationship like what we went witnessed in that in the grocery store, with that poor woman being stressed out of the, the other lady taking advantage and working right next door to one another. That's, you know, that's like the, the stress thing we talked about mm-hmm. with your jobs. Like, she has to balance out, you know, which is why I touched her hair and said, you know, anybody who does says projects or anything less than lovingness has a virus. Nobody would do that on purpose, even if they say so. Now that you you brought up the virus, let's talk about that. That mm-hmm. was a great topic that we we chatted about earlier today mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. virus and being an impact on reality and how it spreads. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that'd be great to talk about is this concept that, that's going around on the internet called memes. 
they're kind of like a intellectual virus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, going back to you were talking about people interacting with each other and these negative responses and it being well, like a not virus. a response; it's a reaction. When they, <laughs> yeah, you want a response. That response means the ability to respond. And react is when you know you're caught off guard and you don't know how to answer, and so a machine answers for you, and it's usually a defense. So, so this all goes into all those reactions, all those scenarios are shortcut when a being is ready to see that everything around us is like everyone's going through their simulation, whatever it is. And when we encounter anyone, that's when you share those moments in a simulation, and then. Are to, okay, the, you know, in a game, there's the beginning, middle, and end. What I'm on is finding out the how to get navigate to a certain destination. And that destination is sovereignty, self-sovereignty. So that's where we're going with any of the information that I would be talking about or discussing or recommending. Because when you are taking full... I don't want to say possession, occupation of your avatar, mm-hmm. physically, energetically, you know, uh, being um, the, uh, the responsibility is the ability to respond instead of react and to, and to take it on as an adventure, not, oh, I was born without two legs, you know. It's like, well, that's, that's, that's your games, your rule set. What can you do with that? You know, and the typical, what you come in with, is the limitation that something presupposes. But you take that limitation, like all these heroes that do these amazing things, and, and they're missing whatever you, that's, you really need to do that thing. And they go, uh-huh. You know. So when you realize also that, um, to, that this, at you, this, is, this body isn't you, it is, you're occupying it, and um, you want to know how to do that better. So if this is your transmitter and receiver... We're not taught on this, this, the game set here is like the more toxicity they can funnel out to the general public, the better, the more profits and people are dying. And then those are profits. It's like, that's a virus. Nobody would do that. Even aliens that whatever, you know, people feel victimized by all these civilizations. Come on, we've created being here. So now let's like work out how do we navigate this thing? There's no hopeless end of the line even down to the last minute, because it's holographic. Mm. We create it by agreement. So my destination is to create it in cause or in cooperation. You know, if we're in a, in a, in a matrix where there's other, other players, we, we're not controlling those players. You know, we have to control our own players. So that brought me back to, okay, occupy self.me, inquire within. You know, so it's, all, and it's not, people feel, some people, when, when they've heard that, if they're on the lower end of energy things, they feel overwhelmed by it because they aren't occupying them. They, you know, they're, they're other occupied, and it's called other determinism, determined by the programming mm-hmm. and not having any room to take over. But once you un- see it as it is, that implant dissipates. It just takes seeing it as a cognition that dissipates the, the, the rule set because it's not a solid rule set, it's a belief. You know, so then you go into, okay, now how can I access raising the frequency of the body? Because that's your avatar. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to invest in it differently. You're gonna, it's like the, the, this, this has got to be your uh, whatever you think is valuable, or jaguar or whatever material thing that you wouldn't let anybody put fingerprints on. This is like that. This is the only one you're getting this lifetime. 
So I guess we're kind of going into the second segment now. We've already started headed that way, but uh, to officially get there, uh, I wanted to talk about what is your game or how do you choose to interact in this uh, reality that we have? Very good question. And I think we were knocking on its door Mm -hmm. by, I realized that at my age, you know, that um, uh, I had, you know, here I am going to be 72 in August, yet I still dance barefoot and fire on the mountaintops. But it's not because um, what made me arrive in this body now more than any age that I had was a near-death experience, of course, you know, so I, (laughs) and that brought to my attention um, that there is a science to evolution caused by frequency and can be implied in various ways. Now, especially in a place like Sedona, you have so many sound healers Mm -hmm. and people, and everyone's looking, you know, and I call what I stumbled upon uh, based on the necessity to either survive or succumb, mm. uh, is is uh, the lost chord, I call it. Mm. And um, sounds like a Moody's blue, Moody Blues. <laughs> and the reason I call it that is because there's a documentary called Sonic Geometry, Language of Frequency and Form on YouTube. Take the longer version. And it poses the question more than gives answer, but it talks about the 432, which is in the table of nines, and that's just a musical... Um, harmonic where if you look at the scale which is in this documentary and I'm not a mathematical genius mind you but I, I know the interpretation of what mm-hmm. it's saying there's a sequence that's that that happens in you know in the spiral of the geometry of life and in our culture for the last 500 years I think um, they took that sound out and they replaced it with another sound like a 440 standard or something like that and that goes from heart to head. Mm. Now, the 432, to me, is not um, tuning your guitar to 432. And there is a classical band that only does 432, by the way. They're on YouTube as well. Um, what, it, what it does is it's a composition of what a player is doing. It used to be accidental. And then now if you measure it, it measures as a frequency that instead of hitting your head or words or it's a beat that goes really good or, you know, um, a sound that hits you in an emotional way, those are things that sound does. But this particular co- combination, when you hear it by whatever artists, I do have a collection, and um, of different artists from uh, that don't sound anything alike, but when you hear what they're playing from soup to nuts, it goes right through your cells, especially when... You're doing a combination of practice that involves uh, a breathing that I hit upon accidentally and found out it's in the matrix codes of how to access things. And um, when you have a certain combination, um, remember the fifth element? Mm -hmm. And in the end of the movie, you got that funny guy, you know, the DJ, and he's he's got the match and somebody else's, and you got to put the elements together. And the elements, you know, had to be very specific. And if you didn't have the three elements, you know, something wasn't going to happen. They didn't know what the something was, but when they put the elements together, this huge flame burst out the top, and it was love. It was the combination of love and open the heart. And that's amazing. I use that, you know, I have in some of the visuals, you know, because it shortcuts the story. 
about how to understand what happens when you take on the avatar, okay, and then you start learning, well, okay, well, you have circuits, we have circuits. Mm -hmm. So um, with what I'm putting together is I'm putting together a virtual academy, it's virtual first, and then what the ancillaries are is sacred concerts that feature these artists in sacred jams together, because a lot of them have already worked together, and introducing new, with the understanding of that they're, you know, of, of the music that they had been creating and why it equates to 432. And you get audiences live and streamed simultaneously with an interactive theater that sort of like leads them into participating in the breath and the movement. And you've got the exact visuals and you've got the performance artists that, you know, are the avatars and they're dressed in these incredible, you know, um, memes, you know, these these things, so they represent the actual song. There's nobody acting. Everybody is actually bringing forth in sacred ceremony that moment by every sound, every image, and by getting everybody to participate. You send that out. It's been measured. This is nothing I'm inventing. It's just this style is, is, is more, it's not just in the lab. This is taking it out to the public. And then you get everybody everywhere that's involved in that because they'll all know ahead of time that this is uh, like this is the game we're playing. We're we're creating. Uh, we are in virtual reality. That we're in simulations. Now we're going to combine um, uh, talents, you know, and uh, our life force to bring apart, uh, bring about um, a vision based on divine performance art. <laughs> all the the formulas complete in the in the uh, academy is the education of how this all came about so that anyone that resonates with that frequency will remember because it's in our DNA. It's not even taught. It's like, this is what we're remembering. And then all the new kids on the block, I mean, they're, they don't have far to go. They just jump in and they're already download, you know, what they came to bring forth. So I, so I, I've been actively doing that for, um, in different ways over the years, these since I went to LA and decided, okay, I'm going to see how is this a simulation. So I didn't know how it was going to play out. I sort of like drove and you know mm -hmm. had my puppy, and then I, you know, did what I had to do there. Then on the second to the last night, actually before I was leaving in the morning, um, somebody had secured a 50 foot dome, it was 50 foot high, in Topanga on sacred land because I wanted to meet with certain people. So it was put out the I hadn't been there in years. So people just arrived. It was just miraculous. And, we, and, and because it was a certain uh, dimension, you didn't need a mic because it, of the acoustics when you stood in the inner circle. So everything was very, um, nothing is rehearsed when you do these things, which is why we have to do sacred ceremony when we go to sleep, when we wake up mm -hmm. in the morning. You know, because life is sacred ceremony. The, the trouble with religions is it's on Saturday or Sunday. You know, it's like it's like this. But but being present is your responsibility as a being. You're going to leave your environment. I mean, some people have created disaster where they live. The house is on fire. The you know, the kids have the knives. You know, it's like it's not organized. You know, as far as like the, how the flow should be uh, to not harm another and yourself. You know, the people. You know over-medicate themselves, all these things that are harmful. So we were never taught to get up in the morning and breathe in the life, you know, and then with everything we do to be conscious, like it's waking up the avatar, because we're new at this. 
you know, I think eventually, it, you know, you just jumpstart it. You mm-hmm. know, in a lot of ways we do. But what, we're, what we want to do is get off the automatic circuits that were installed. You want to rewire and you want to give it a new rule set based on a gradient because, you know, it has to be able to be downloaded and you and in discovering uh, the anatomy of a circuit, then you find out you have millions of them. And they don't have to be bad, but they're how you get up, how you which side of the bed you get up on, what you, what you do every morning, what you think. And it's just like most of the space and the hard drive is taken up. You need an, you know, you need another 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 hard drive, you know, a USB port or two or three. And so and that's where people get overwhelmed and and it just they blot out. To give a, an example of a sacred ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, would you mind sharing the experience we had earlier today with the car? And yeah, the reason yeah. why we did it, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I thought that was very impactful, mm-hmm. uh, and it's so simple, but it's so important. It is very important, yes. Because thank you for for picking up that stream. Because uh, you know, like I consider that if I have a global project and then I'm running, you know, a spiritual B and B, and then I have people because I'm like a cosmic mother sister, and then when you're in research and discovery, you're not, and that's probably a belief, but in my case. You know, I'm not in the, you know, in the flow where I don't have to uh, continue to have exchanges for some things that I do in order to, you know, keep here. So, and I and I look at it as being trained because I, cho- I chose that. So that's when I got more, really more deliberate about my state of being in any given moment because I chose to take on and uh, navigate in that complexity because what my... Um, global project's job is it is like an Olympian situation so that these nodules will will be planet-wide. It's just a flagship. So I have to be able to operate on all those aspects, keeping healthy and keeping sane and keeping everything organized and keeping them functioning and finding out what's necessary and what isn't necessary and then trading out you know, it sounds simple, and I thought it was simple. And I and I tell you, these circuits are tight. So I'm right in the in the in the, in the thrust of, of conscious evolution by changing things that aren't necessarily broken. But in order for me to get to you know the next step, they have to be different. The protocol of what I do in the morning. So, for instance, when we drive, what I was introducing to you, and uh, um, I wanted to explain sort of the premise, mm-hmm. you know, all over. So it's the simple the simple things. Like when I hold a class, whether we're in the kitchen making some tea or whether we're um, out in the garden or whether we're in a, a grocery store or um, around a lot of crowds, you know, it doesn't matter, this the circumstance, the story. But what matters is what are you bringing to the table? Even if you think you don't talk to anybody and no one knows you and no one's going to say hi or make contact and you have dark glasses on and a babushka. You know, it's still, you are out there making that impression, whatever that is. And we're not doing this for social kudos here. This is, uh, if like Avatar, when you're breathed into the nowness and then you have uh, that energy, which is you're connecting to what already exists. You're just like doing the Borg thing and reconstituting, you know. Um, and, and those are all little pieces of the truth having to do with us being biological computers and needing certain things to survive optimally. So in this evolution this ascension process has to do with upgrades it has to the old units unless upgrade and you can't like just stick a bunch of 
SD cards in there because they have to be compatible to the model. So everything needs to change. What you ingest, what you listen to, mm. what you take in, you know, if you're plugged into TV, what your, what your chronic tone is. We, we have two tones, basically, that we live in pretty consistently. And that is your chronic tone, which is who you are no matter who's around, you know, who you, what, what, what elements that you're carrying, you know, what tone level, I, I would call it. And then we have social tone, who we are when others are around. And um, once you see that it's all frequency and you decide that you're going to upgrade your avatar and no matter what your roots were and how badly reused you were and how terrible people were to you because I have all those stories. But like nobody, when you realize, nobody would do that on purpose. I'm in a simulation. I have this world that's hurting each other. We have the politics the way it is. We have people like little kids fighting, calling each other names. We have liars and cheaters and, and it's all boiling to the surface. So this is where, you know, what am I doing about it? What is my game? How do I play it? So, of course, it starts with OccupySelf.me, Inquire Within. So I'm rewiring my, my unit, you know, how I relate to life. Um, my work and my spiritual connection, I've had that for a long time. But still, the old programs of not taking care of self as much as I could, you know, for my age group, you know, that would be standard even now. You know, they have that pinch. The man has to do this and the woman has to do this. There's still programs being resisted and broken out of or forced into. And so, um, and that's part of it. It's like, you know, once, but I think when you intellectually know it and then you apply the knowing, see, knowing, knowing about stuff doesn't matter. You can have read a million books, but until you're turning the key in that car and driving it away, you're not a driver, you know. And so, and that's, that's true with this rewire. It's true with bringing in new ideas and uh, and and once you get the the hang of it, there's a there's a book I highly recommend by Esther Hicks, and it's called Ask and It Is Given, and it's 21 processes of you know, and it's short and sweet, but chunk full of re reality. It's quantum physics applied, and it gives you it's for yourself. It's like if, if narcissism were healthy, it'd be the right kind of thing to do, to occupy self. So it gives you these 21 pages with, you know, like a chunk a chapter or some questions. And then you get to apply it the second half of the book. You get to do these things. So when you're through the first time, you're a different, you're a, you're mm -hmm. you. You're more you. Then you get, well, I can get the hang of this. Mm -hmm. So when you allow that set to set in, so you don't burn the unit up, you just do it again and you refine mm -hmm. it. You know, so anyway, I'm giving these as solutions to, mm -hmm. well, how do I do this? You know, and how I did it. I went through those things. I still do those things. And, um, uh, so with the with leaving for the day, like when we left, mm -hmm. before you leave the driveway, you know, say you're rushing and you're into the you know stuck in some old cycle where you got to hurry because the post office is going to close and you got to get there and come back. So that's usual. Everyone's got some of those. So you know, no big deal. Getting in the car, driving. You know, there's people who come and come back, never had an accident, and they're not even present. So it's like their avatar went out there and did an automatic thing, and they came and they came back, and maybe. Hours later, after they had a bath, that they finally arrive. And you go, who's been running the show all that time? I have a lot of people that tell me, you know, that, that, when they finally realize that they haven't been present. Like the difference between what you think is normal and actually being present, actually feeling energetically present, you know, to where you're in an altered state of presence. Mm -hmm. So when you, um, what I do as a practice is the, it's warm up the car, you know, and I have frankincense I carry with me and pour a little in my hand and rub it and go one, two, three, you know, and that activates your 
your, your energy in your hand, your chakras, and you have that incredible essence. And then you brush yourself with it and tap. And you'd actually, you feel, even if you had no frankincense, you know, and what goes with it is the breath. If you were going to, if you were, if your computer was running slow and, and the reason why you were running out the door and you weren't fully present before you left, you know, is because you, you know, there's a lot of programs running in the background. So you finally get in the car. Now, nine out of ten people that I run into ha- do this. We, we do this in some form. And so to, before you leave your driveway, you, you're responsible. You, you know, by you not being present, that's how accidents happen. That's how people get taken out and, like, and their lives change. And, you know, and some things are unshakable when they mm-hmm. happen. And so I, I breathe myself into presence. I get one with the car. I stretch so I feel like I'm part of the whole unit and I'm not just abusing the car and starting it and driving off and and then breathing in the the energy of the air you know and and so I'm fully present then endless possibilities can occur if not then the circuit that you go out on and then nothing happens and you come back and you're you're just weaving um what do you call it a habit of thought and a habit of action Hmm. you know things that you always do um, that's why I'm really adamant about the breath because I have to remind myself if I'm not in that work that the impression that is part of the matrix that we're living just by being wherever we are is more prevalent because of its consistency than all of a sudden a new idea to be present. So it's like in order to gain a skill so that you're more present than not. Pretty much, you know, people are present on Saturday and Sunday, maybe for a minute before they go and fight and watch the football games and yell or something. You know, it's like you want consistency of state of being, basically, because that's the only way to get to sovereignty. So by understanding your avatar unit more, by navigating in the unit and upgrading it because you're the one who could do it, you know, there's no guru or teacher that can do it for you. They can just inspire you to understand how to do it for yourself. And then, um, and, and it's fun. You learn to, to not judge yourself for what you think you need, but to really uh, utilize. Like if you have a, need a campfire and you go, okay, there's twigs, you know, you just put it together. That's, that's, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And then you uh, can venture out because if you shift... And then your focus is more clear about what direction you're going in. You're, you're in tandem. You're expanding your ability to, be, to, to take yourself, that's the first dynamic, to the second dynamic, which is, you know, if you have family or significant others. And the third dynamic is your group, you know, like a church or your group of your friends or your job. And then the fourth dynamic is, um, you know, it's like uh, matter, energy, space, and time. No, fourth dynamic is... Fifth dynamic is plants, animals, and living things. So the fourth dynamic is, is like uh, mankind, you know, like a larger group. That's right. The first is your immediate group that you interact with, and then there's the larger group, and then, um, and then. So there's eight dynamics that you can know the names of and actually align with, because we're talking radical change here. Mm-hmm. If we're just going to sure. say, I mean, we're talking. You know, shifting, hacking reality, and in this case, is what I would call it, hacking reality. 
for people who are not happy with the status quo, who want to understand themselves and what can they do about it? Because we're, t- we're, we're led to think we're helpless. You know, that's part of the program is really what can you do about it? You can know about something. What are you going to do? Because you're watching atrocities occur or, you know, things and you feel helpless because you, you can't do it. But every time we change, every time we make any change, you know, that is, it's like, it's starting to, it, it counts. It's a, yeah. you, it, there's no one that has to come take the consensus because energy is, frequency is. So whatever you're emanating is part of the solution mm-hmm. or part of the suffering, you know, and we get, we get to have that choice. I think this would be a great segue because we're talking about making change. <clears throat> making a segue back to when you were talking about breath okay. and, and how important it is for life. Uh, it's kind of a big question, but um, you were given a gift of this breath, how you discovered it. Uh, I know you say you, you had a near-death experience and then you discovered this breath and it's evolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've also talked about some scientific work that you've had done to evaluate the breath mm-hmm. and the amazing uh, okay. results that you had. Yeah, I can, I can, I know. And, and then you had a personal experience where the breath saved your life. Oh, absolutely. More yeah. than once, but you, you but told this me the was, amazing. Yeah, the, 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 the last one was, was very yes. significant. That's so, definitely. So I brought up a lot of stuff about the breath, but I, I think this will help answer some of the things we talked about previously mm-hmm. about how the breath revived you how it can help shift your focus on being overcome, overwhelmed, and then it can shift that perspective. Absolutely. Brings you back fully present, and then you're not so you're not anything. taken out you're by t- the outside world. You're, then your avatar and you're one. You're oppressed. one. Exactly. No, uh, excellent, excellent questions. And then also your other big thing, especially with the breath, is mmm. Right. That's your special. Okay. Well, that was that was a, a continuation <laughs> that needed to be done when I was talking about that the mind's machine is like a program, and that's what comes with the avatar we inherit, and then uh, when when we with the right frequencies open the, the heart circuits, that's the higher evolution. That's where outside the box. Yeah, you know, that's where we. That's where the upload, the upload and download platform is. You know, is through the heart, mm-hmm. and um, so. That came to me um, because having multiple episodes as a child of pneumonia where I was dying, I, I just, I really didn't want to be in this reality, obviously, because they say that's the, something to do with the lack of will of life, you know. Could, and then, um, just so I don't forget to say it, um, after I'd been studying breath for years, there's a, um, an episode on uh, YouTube from Matt Kahn, M-A-T-T-K-A-H-N, and it's called the uh, the breath of life. And from him, even though he didn't breathe the way I was, because all breaths are different, all breaths are great. But there's a there's there's a, uh, a sequence of of appropriate gradient so that you gain muscle and skills to be able to do any of these breaths that have are out there forever. You know this, and you can, you can't go wrong with with breath. But we're talking about evolution here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about ascension here. We're talking about making the next wave. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about that. Okay, that that you know, there's there's um, I'm here in this avatar, but this isn't me. But I'm operating through this avatar, and now I can learn to upload and download, safeguard the avatar, the health of well-being of the avatar, so that I'm doing the best service I can by li- while living in it instead of trashing it out that we're taught to do, you know, inadvertently. 
and to then learn to um, reach higher states of awareness so that we're not reactive to other in our own lives and toxic to our own lives or each other or, you know, be feeling like someone's being toxic to you and feeling the toxicity because we allow ourselves to feel the toxicity. I had to learn that, that if a person is doing something toxic to you, I mean, jump out of the way, the flowing flames, but don't take it personally, even though it could be your mother. Mm-hmm. You know, a person who's not balanced wouldn't do that. So you're looking at that this person has a virus and I have a chance to buy it by, by you know, there's little little tricky traps in these simulations, like, you know, just like movies have these other subplots, you know, and the thing is, is, is can you get sucked in? Can you stand your ground in the winds of space and not let your ego say that you need to be liked and admired by this individual who you're shocked because they're your whatever and they're doing these terrible things. You have to instead say, I am whole, I am life. I see the contrast between that and who I really am or who, who I thought that person was. But instead of looking at that, you say that person's heart disconnected. You don't even, go, you don't even, you don't want to double click the icon at all. You can't fix them. And if you... And this is how simulations work. You know, you either react or you respond. But you can't go wrong being in the I am presence. And this is what led to the breath. So I understood that all the stuff I'd learned analytically for years, which is wonderful, that unless you can apply it, you know, a la the, uh, you know, the key to the car or the heart surgeon to the first cut, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, here, here went the practice. So all this information I'd collected, um, I had a near-death experience a long time ago, and when I ran into um, the information of Bashar and meeting Daryl Anka, who channels Bashar, and uh, so because of his very deep breath, a lot of us learned to breathe past the usual, you know, methods of breathing, which brought a lot of us into a higher state of consciousness, and that's when I discovered uh, the Alex Gray spiritual energy system, which is an image you can Google um, from his Sacred Mirrors collection. And uh, so that would be the model I would use if anyone wants to see the visual. And uh, with with breathing, uh, instead of breathing into the head, the mind, you know, is you can't go very far. You know, it sticks in your head. If you want to, a lot of people breathe in the chest. They just go... And then you only get the chest. So, I mean, that's fine if you need to drive a car, you need to be present, you need to be, you know, have your mind alert and stuff like that. But if you're all the way present, which means if you look at, if you know what a toroid looks like, you can all Google the image of a toroid. But if you want to see specifically how it does, how it relates to your body and your energy field, you would then go again, Alex Gray, Sacred Mirror is the spiritual energy system image. And uh, you would see that that looks constant. And if you were to look at it very clearly, the it's not really a still image. You can actually look through it and you can see the dimensions pop out just like some of those pages that look like puzzles and all of a sudden you see a whole scene similar to that. And then I took the breath that I had learned years ago from listening to Bouchard breathe deeply and understanding something about breath. And uh, even at that stage, I could see the image when I was breathing activate because the artist actually built it with that in mind. It's a living chart, which I, only recently discovered a few years ago. And so then I found out that the the sound, there's ohm, if you're going to relate to, to, the, to the sound that I use in my particular um, introduction uh, to sonics, it's the M 
MMM, so it's M to the fourth power, which is M cube. And it's the sound that goes inward. If we do music, every sound is specific. There's do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. And there's om. Now, if you measure those on a machine that measures sound, you'll see that each of those do, re, mi's had a different you know, level of where it appears based on its frequency. And then on the ohm, no matter who does it, when they really do ohm, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It only goes straight across. There's no lines up and down, no, no fat peaks. It's just straight, almost like flatlining. And with the hmm, when I started to understand what that was about, <clears throat> what happened on a Nero headset when measured is it went, first of all, it went in to the heart. So the concept of this breath is that you, the divine being, take this gulp. If you look in, if you were to have a microscope, you would see that there's gold filaments and the, there's no empty air. But if you were to look inward, inward on a you know infinite microscope, you would see the forms that are around in the so-called empty air. So, so there's these um, golden threads, so to speak. That's how I can kind of do it visually without an image to, to look at. And you can and to, and you can breathe that in, you know, by just taking a, making a quick breath and then, and the idea of the M, the first M on the on the M cube, which is M to the fourth power, the first M is a sound, and it goes into your heart. So you're not doing Om, and you're not giving it out, because we're used to that, giving it, giving it, or neutralizing it, and put with our own hearts based on our emotional mis-emotional experiences, I should say, you know, which just causes the stuff to stay, um, we close our hearts to some degree. And so this is what this sound does. When you clear the cache, it's a biological computer, so you take a breath all the way to your solar plexus. So it's... And so you can feel it in your solar plexus and an expansion. And then you don't blow it out your mouth. You just go... And you receive it. So you, you're clearing the space, and then you're sending a sound. This is, this is not even the breath. This is how you, on a computer, if you have too many files, you have to clear the cache. So we never think of doing that. And then we're trying to think, we're trying to learn, and there's a lot of chatter, and we can't focus. So when you do this, it clears the cache. It just goes... And then you're warming up the engine. There's no mathematical sequence to this yet. The first part is you just randomly breathe as far into you as you can so you can feel in your stomach. Because it, because let me tell you about that lower region in your dantian, uh, is that you have uh, the timeline, your birth line, the the oysters of our memories, all the all the ancient stuff, is in that area, and your ability to be grounded in your sacral. So to bring that divine masculine lovingness, because it's about the base. <coughs> Excuse me. In bringing that in, it's like a rumble that communicates the safety of the divine masculine into the receptivity of the divine feminine. It's always a merge, you know, when you awaken everything within you. So clearing the cache just you know, when you do it in a sequence, you, all those programs will be put to sleep. 
So the purpose of, of, of the clearing, clearing the cache is to have the program stop running in the background so that you can just be. And the purpose of the sound is to, instead of giving it out all the time, you're going to take in a sound that comes from, you know, clear. You're taking this golden threads in. And you have to work on really awakening that. I breathe every day like that, and every day I have to clear because of the simulation that we're actively living in. But that's like driving a car. You know, while you're on the road, you're on the road. You don't stop just because you've turned the car on and it moved a little bit. You've got to continue to navigate. And that's the same with our presence because the, I think the, the, the test and the challenge is how present can you be all the time? And presence doesn't mean jumping around or the part, life of the party or, or doing anything. It is being. It's just being in, in harmony and bliss just because. No reason. Don't need outside stimulus. You can generate it from within. So what I discovered because of, you know, the with this breath is is because of the, you know, extremely painful, emotionally painful life that I've led because of the nature of who I was without understanding how to be who I was around people who were using me in this. I don't mean using me. Um, we attract, you know, uh, there's a law of attraction in there. Like I would think somebody was wonderful and then they would think I was food you know and I'm not blaming them for, for for having me food I needed to see who I was having in my space really and what their agenda really is but we both have agendas I want bliss and somebody else's could be a crazy murderer you know it's like you have to be present to see what you're emanating so that's another really important thing about the breath other than life itself and sustainability and it really came to test me where I found, uh, besides breathing on the toroid, which was I was explaining, you know, first you clear the cast, then you bring the sound in. And then you continue the breath so that you can actually, if you can just picture going up over your head and, and, and all the way around uh, and then back up the core of yourself, you know, and it's continuous. That's how toroids work. So um, when it came to one of the things I was missing that I found out in this last near-death experience um, about five years ago, four or five years ago. When I did a stress test, a medical stress test, don't do it. Don't get the, do the treadmill thing. They started the treadmill uphill, and I had backless Merrells, no socks. I wanted to go barefoot. They said, no, I should have just done it, but that's my voice. That's another lesson. I should. Sometimes you just find out that you should have said something. And I'm pretty vocal, but whatever, for whatever reason... Anyway, they started me uphill running in backless shoes, and I almost flew off. Because <laughs> it really, that's not how you do it. When you exercise, you warm up, and you do things a little bit at a time until you're able to, you know, really run or whatever exercise you're doing. And so and instantly they had to take me off, off the machine, and then they laid me on my left side, which you never go on your left side if you're having a hard thing, because it has something to do with you don't do it. And I'm going, I don't know if this is working here. So I go home, and I'm not okay. I went from looking normal, you know, I, I don't look, uh, at least five years ago, I didn't look old for my age. I, I looked just like myself. And then all of a sudden, for a month, I looked about 97, 98 years old. I showed you that picture. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. I mean, really unbelievable. I went, oh, my goodness. 
So I was dying. I was actually dying. And I had some, you know, some of the pathways were shut um, based on whatever loosened when I had that episode. And so um, instead of doing the stents and I'm not telling everybody that they have to follow me, but I just thought this is an inside job. Your heart is, you know, your soul's organ. Here I have this thing come up. I had to examine my food. And when I realized that I'm on a project having to do with frequency and alchemy, all these pieces are coming up because I had to live it before I can ever launch it. You know, I'm still in the process, you know, because I feel that that's a clean representation of being everything that I can do to live that truth. You know, and because we know some things are true, but until we live it, you know, as I said, application is key. And so <clears throat> I took a selfie of myself and I told my friends, I says, if I don't make it the next, if I don't call you in the morning, come up, you know, because I don't know. And I did a sacred ceremony with myself. And I, th- and I really suggest this for anyone who, that you can look up what Ho'opono Pono is and Dr. Len Hugh and, or Hugh Lin. I'll have to check that one. Um, if it's Hugh Len or Hugh Len, I think it's Hugh Len. And, <clears throat> but you Google Ho'oponopono, Pono, and it's being, it's, th- it's understanding that if you hold on to anything, it's stuck to you in the matrix and the simulation, and it will reappear in different forms or recircle if you haven't resolved it, it's like it just stays in the background and all of a sudden it comes up again because it's not neutralized. And by, I laid down on my floor, I had that picture of the Alex Gray um, spiritual energy system in front of me and my creatures. And I started being really grateful from my feet on up, looking at my life, not, not psychotherapizing, it doesn't recall, you don't need to be that much in your head but just gratitude for like all the good experiences that happened and apologizing, you know, for the parts that, you know, you didn't take care of or other people abused or something like that. And to really acknowledge the biological computer in a whole nother way so that it's getting some kind of viral repair, you know, and so so you're you're hands on now. You're 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 in the avatar. You're you know it's a mess right now, and you're just doing the first thing, which is setting the table, setting the tone. You know, breathing yourself into state. Um, I didn't have a plan. I was just going to see what happens, but I had my format of why, what I'm explaining to you. And then, <clears throat> and looking at the chart, I can see it was moving. But my handicap was all that years of breath that I was able to breathe really long and have muscle, I couldn't access because I had pneumonia as part of the death thing that I was going through with whatever clog in the heart. And I'm going, oh, fine. So here I'm specializing because I was, I, w- I was going to launch earlier until I clicked onto this. And it's, life showed me, because I was earnest in my seeking, that wait a minute, wait a minute, we have a, we have a gradient you mi- missed here. You know, there's a, there's a step you know, a gradient step that comes before this that I didn't know. I must have been hitting it, you know, as part of my long breath. But if you go to heart math, they talk about, if you look at that image, that the heart area is a toroid within itself. Now, I was missing that data. It makes perfect sense. 
but <clears throat> I was totally missing that data. I thought the whole thing was a toroid, and it is, but there's a toroid within the toroid. So voila, um, you know, universe twisting my arm as I'm on my knees going, ouch, you know, and I'm going, okay, 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 I get it. So I said, well, how I got it was I said, oh, I can't do the big breath. I mean, I'm screwed because I thought this would, this would be the thing that would, you know, get me into a higher frequency. And sure enough, I said, well, I'm going to do it with whatever breath I have. So I did a shorter sequence, which equated to a triangle. And then looking at the documentary, it suggested sonic geometry, language, and frequency and form. They talked the triangle is the first doorway from 3D to the next D. So I went, ah, Eureka. So it starts making sense. <clears throat> Sacred geometry isn't solid. It, you know, when you look at a necklace or a drawing, it's got everything touching one another. But I realized that the, the, the layered sonic, the layered geometry is not always made of the same elements. Just like in that, that movie, you know, it's like it has different elements. And then that would equate, you know, the same with the sounds that I collect. It's not a particular mechanical thing that happens. It's the com composition of the alchemy that equates the state of being. So, <clears throat> based on, I don't know, maybe it was cellular memory. I had no, I didn't think of anything. I was just doing my very, very best to breathe. And if you took a yardstick and say I could breathe as long as a yardstick and back without effort with a full muscle before, and here I had pneumonia, you know, and my lungs are filling up, I'm dying. And... I can't get past, you know, my heart. I went, oh, fine. So then I accidentally, I just went into just doing the best I can, doing the best. And it was, it was kind of mechanical because I really didn't know where I was going with it, you know, because I had my prior training, you know, with the big, long breath. It takes a lot of skill to gain that muscle gone out the window at this time because of my lungs. So then I, and I hit it. I said, oh, it's like a symphony and it's very specific. And when you practice the sequence, eventually it, it already knows that and you get the closer you get to what, to that mathematical composition with the sonic and the muscle and everything. It's a combined effort. It just, it's there. It just attracts it to itself. It's, you just find it. So you're just uh, arriving in that formula that already exists. And then you can download that that state of being. So so I thought, okay, if I make it through this night, this is good, this will be amazing. And <clears throat> so then somehow uh, I heard myself. I think I must have went into a. I really can't say right now. I'm just sort of speculating, but I'm imagining that when I started practicing what was working, that I just went into it without thinking. Because that's why, you know, it's hard to put together because I was actually present with it without thought. And that's when all of a sudden it clicked in. And after looking, you know, very dead and having lungs filled with fluid and um, not doing well, uh, that within 40 minutes of my doing that exercise, I was back. I, my, I was back into my flesh because I was like hanging off the flesh. It was like I was like halfway leaving the body as in the condition I was in. And after I blew my nose and coughed up a little bit, I had no pneumonia. So I didn't heal myself. No one healed me. I wasn't saved by anything. 
All I did is raise my frequency to where that did not exist. Now in the Seth books, I, I really don't read Seth books, but I did read the Oversoul 7 series. There's three in a trilogy, and they're really fascinating. And the thing I take away from most things that I remember is like a scene or a chapter because it has the gem, you know, the gem. And the gem there was that um, in they had like a living library, you know, that that you can just access and then you download it. And that was before talking simulations. I didn't even look at that as a simulation. And the thing with Matt Kahn, with the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the why, why does somebody want to learn this breath? This is the important thing. Like, why would, why do I want to learn? I'm fine here. I don't need to dimensionally travel. I don't need to be an avatar. And, you know, some people have absolutely no interest in that. I mean, many of us do, but the, the, some people go, what? But why would somebody want this? That's just a person who's not into the science of it or the holography of it or whatever, quantum physics of it. Um, <clears throat> Is and that Matt Kahn gave me that concept, you know, uh, where now you look at this as a unit, you know, and you can keep it alive on artificial respiration, right? But at the same time, you it it's not you breathing, so that it's not a being breathing into this thing, right? So with um, what he pointed out was that when you take your last breath. You take your last breath. So the body that you're inhabiting, the avatar, you're actually leaving the avatar. And who leaves is the breath. It's not an apparatus. It's you are the breath. So how I die is important to me. I don't want to be drugged and unconscious. And I'm sure there's a pickup factor for people that are just living it that way, but I have a conscious wish, a conscious request, a caprice, if you will, that I would prefer to leave the avatar and not lose consciousness because it's all magnetic. That's how it gets erased. It's a magnetic thing. So, and it's in the Akashic, but it's like, you know, I want I want a conscious, like in Avatar, the thing I liked. And, and Hubbard called that bodies in pawn back in the 50s. And I didn't know much about it. But it was like, you know, now I bet if I read it, I'd see the whole holographic thing. I just didn't, at that time, that was so long ago, I didn't look at it that way. And um, so I finished the one about, I wanted to mention uh, that, you know, the, the breath of life with Matt Kahn, you know, that to listen to that is really good. And he doesn't have the technique for breathing, but the concept that you are the breath would want you, if anyone wants a conscious death, to, to consciously breathe yourself, you know, into the next incarnation or the condition you're in, even if you don't believe in other lives and you just you're gonna go to heaven or whatever your belief is, is fine. But whatever that is, you want to be in the condition, like say you you can't be into the gates of heaven or nirvana because of whatever. It's your frequency. So you, if you're going to be, it doesn't matter what you're, what you've experienced here because we're given a bunch of rules set, and sometimes it's a pretty heavy load. And then we have to see if we make it through and what we do with it. That's really the, the game. 
you know, it's not to play a game against ourselves or to do things purposely because we're bored. I don't go for those concepts. That sort of doesn't make me feel good when I hear that. Oh, we're so bored in our advanced ways that we're now come back and do these. No, that's got to be a virus. No, 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 no. You're not going to go backwards because you're bored. I can think of incredible universes to create, you know, that are marvelous and, and feel good. And why feel miserable? So anyway, that's that's one of the beliefs. So it's like, so for me, you know, to um, to just continue would be awesome, you know. Uh, I'm not attached that I have to be Raven, but I don't really have a stuck idea of myself in that way. I realize I'm living in this avatar and that I dialed in having this family with all this wild background and pioneers and invented plants light and certain you know all these crazy characters and what i took out of that is well that gives me the library of chutzpah you know the courage to be able to say okay if this is a hologram and i want to insert an inoculation to the virus through an academy a sonic alchemy academy that gives the a culmination of new information starting with occupy self taught me inquire within where the avatar can actually rewire and upgrade themselves for whatever mission that they feel, you know, inspired by to play the game, to have fun, to bring this thing in and to have, you know, all these incredible beings that have these wonderful gifts to have a platform to bring in the healing and the love just because it's needed and wanted and just because it's a privilege to be able to perform and do that and to be able to hold the light of that gift. So it still goes back to the self. So here I am on the floor, and then I find myself going, mm. Now, that sounds like just a bunch of sounds, but what's happening is when I take that divine gulp, and that became the Trinity breath. And what happened is, is when I did that in a sequence, more than three times, of course, because it takes time to warm up, just like when you're baking something, it has a cooking time. And so all everything is fluid and, and running. And there's, a, there's layers to it. When you, um, when you take that divine surprise gulp that just gives you a gives you like a a wave to push in otherwise you're just going it's kind of dissipated you don't have that oomph behind it so it's kind of a just a little booster when you do that this involves your pelvic floor which is the vesica pisces and because you want to be in this body you want to be grounded in this body you want the body to be contacted and well you want to upgrade the frequency of the body so that it performs well for you and doesn't start kicking and screaming because you're not giving it the right thing or what it needs, not what it wants, but what it needs, and um, things like that. So it involves grounding and um, being able to receive the higher information from a grounded point of view and not just all, all in the head. So because the breathing, the clearing of the breath, the first stage, clearing of the breath and just warming up the heart uh, just makes the platform clear. Then that Trinity sequence that I discovered when I went from death to life within 40 minutes, 
no, not even a gurgle in my chest, and I don't have heart trouble now. I mean, that's like, hello. That was like confirmation for me. And it wasn't my story. It's just that how I achieved it. There's people who have spontaneous healings all the time, and that's because they up their frequency, and the trick is maintaining it. And it's helpful to understand it, because then you don't lose faith in it. Oh, I got a cold. Maybe I'm going to get sick again. Boom, you're sick. You just change your belief. It's not that you didn't change. It's just you changed it back. You know, so when you take that divine gulp, you drop the floor of your pelvis. Like, you just get get that feeling of letting go, you know, in, in your pelvic area. And then when you go, mm, you grab your perineum. You just tuck it to you. And then when you go, now, it's one word, it's ma, but since this logo says capital M, three small m's, or M cube, which is M to the fourth power, you want to, just like a song, you know, sometimes you're going to go ta da 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 So you're going to do the sound, which is mmm, and you're going to work on that until it's delicious, and you feel it, and it vibrates your heart, it vibrates in the back of your heart. You could feel it get warm in your solar plexus. That's when you know you got the right chord. That's the lost chord within yourself. And that activates all the higher information. And then you're going to send that, mm, that deliciousness to the timeline, birth line, all the fear, all the places that hold the ancient stuff. And you're rewiring it. You don't have to think about it and tell it things and visualize anything. It's all done through sonics and technique. And that, that reawakens what it already knows. The DNA is perfect. It's just that if we're accessing it, if we're going to change the code, and if we're going to upgrade, well, you got to know the code. you got to just give it sound, like do-do-do-do-do. Remember that? Um, Richard, Richard Dreyfuss. Um, it just came to mind mm-hmm. where it was a story about, you know, sonics how the sonics frequencies, uh, we know it, it's a famous um, sci-fi movie from a long time ago. I even have it over there. Close third Encounter. Yeah, third Encounter. Yeah, Close Encounter. Close Encounter is the third, third kind. kind. Yeah. yeah. So, Richard Dreyfuss, right, in the UFO. Okay. And so, so they did sounds, and the sounds were doing so. They didn't elaborate on that, but they did. It's very significant in the plot. And now I, you know, I flashed back to that when I was doing this work, putting this work together. And so... When uh, so when you when you embrace that, mm, you grab your perineum, and you build a muscle for this. And then when you go, two things happen. One, it's 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 the sound of say you have a baby in your arms and, and you don't want to wake the baby up. You're gonna call, so you can feel the belly button go to your spine. The muscle in your stomach acts to that's what pushes out the. So that happens, and at the same time. You're rolling out your perineum. It may not sound significant, but it's completely significant because then you are on board your own ship. You are grounding this ship. You are setting the table and setting the tone. You are activating the higher areas of, of where the information is stored in the heart library. But you need to ground it so that you can apply it, and this is part of the application. So you're setting tables, setting the tone. You're implementing these codes in order to you know clear the deck and to upload stuff that's that you're preparing yourself to upload. If someone dumped them on you, you wouldn't. It wouldn't work the same way. You have to. You're the one. Your energy is the one that's dilating what you're going to um, receive, and how much of it you're going to receive. 
And whatever it is, it's perfect for that exercise until you develop more and more muscle. And then again, when you come up on the third leg of the triangle, I say triangle and I say it's not all physical because we're actually breathing up and down. But, but the sequence, meaning the length of breath between these sounds, the, that doesn't count. That's sort of a little bonus. But from, see how they're all the same? I'm making a triangle in the air. And, and, I'm, and I'm doing it so that each of the segments of the three are equidistant. So when you gain the muscle, and it's continuous, they're not separate, mm, they're not separate sounds. They're, mm, and all that's going on at the same time. It's complex, and when the visual is, is finished, it'll have the visual and it'll have the sound so that you can breathe with it and it'll have the light that goes and you know and that layers it in in a gradient so it becomes easy to upgrade because otherwise your old mechanism in the mindkinism it starts fighting and especially people who have breaths they've been using for years it just resorts to that and it's only because it feels threatened and then you have to like <clears throat> like us a special child who's very special but doesn't understand all things. You have to just make it okay with that. Otherwise, it'll take you out. It's been there longer, and it'll fight you, and then you'll just throw it away, and you'll just throw away your chance at the time. You know, I've seen it happen over and over again. The resistance is immense. So you have to not cater to, not coddle, but nurture the system that's been in play so it doesn't say, alert, alert, intruder, and that's what it does. In Hal in 2001, you know the scene. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's like it, it, the humans didn't realize how, A, first of all, he was God on that ship. For centuries, they went through space. He fed them. He downloaded their dreams. He became parts of each of them. He fended off meteors, he kept the ship running, and he upgraded himself because AI can do that, you know. And humans didn't even know, because this is way before we had all this digital stuff when that came out, right? And so they, since he's everything, he hears everything, and they don't get that because they're not, they're not as expanded as he is at this point. And so he overhears them saying, oh, Hal did a great job, we'll just... Put him to sleep when we get to port. He just says, what? Alert, alert. Because he's programmed to survive no matter what. So the mindkinism and its ways is programmed to survive no matter what. Once you know that, then you can govern. You can notice, oops, I have resistance. Instead of just resisting and, and dramatizing all over the place or just, you know, not even going forward. You go, oh, that's interesting. Why am I resisting that? Let me look at that for a minute. And then if you have to, you just nurse it. It's fine. This is going to make us a team. You know, you have to be real with, with how you introduce something feeling. This is going to feel good. It's good. It's all right. It's good. So you're not getting rid of the ego like you were speaking about before. It'll say, oh, yeah, we'll see about that, you know, because it's designed to do that. So you can't blame it. You just got to, you know, say, okay, it's like having the elephant in the room and there's not a lot of room. <laughs> so so that's the importance of, of the layers, which is really best taught 
with headphones and visuals because then because it's creating a new sequence that the circuits back to circuits again the circuits will resist it but if i didn't have this work to do i realize how how incredibly dense the projection is in the reality that we're in and and the only time i really notice that is if i have a if i'm have have a guest you know that isn't practicing any of that and that isn't active in what they're doing you know there's there's sort of in in a, in another space and so the training here is no matter to be able to still implement that and i know this i don't have any social backings off when people are like that but i have another problem you you just look at it and see where's the where's the problem here i'm always people first papers last or something like that you know it's like i have a priority and so that could be a compliment to your personality to your person and to your life or it could also be a distraction and a procrastination and in my case it's both you know it's like so the more you get to understand the anatomy of a circuit the more you need to breathe in like i get up in the morning and i breathe and i pet my animals and then go on the deck you know and breathe and you know greet life and um you know before i work with people you know i could look like the wreck of the hesperus and have been up 24 hours and doing on some project or something but it's my responsibility before i engage with anyone to be fully present you know and uh pets are really good for that for me anyway because they're so absolutely incredibly present and sweet that they you know they're a gift to if your person can see them that way they're so right there and um so by doing that because we have all these dreams but i realize i mean i'm right in the crux of it i mean i i'm in no way an expert at this a uh, yes i i the breathing is this is the coup de gras that i should mention before i forget when you do the the trinity breath it opens up the heart toroid so that you have a whole new library that you didn't have before because the rest was accessing it through the head which is you know intelligence and ability in certain areas but you get worn down and tired and and with this type of thing you're you're active you're present so you're not wearing out the parts that's number 1 number 2 is the person who measured this on a neural headset said that he, i mean when he first had me do it he was just going no 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 i was embarrassed i didn't know how a neural headset worked i felt like i must have a weird brain you know i was introverted because he didn't care to explain it first and he was pulling out plugs and turning off the computer and is rebooting the computer and um all of the stuff and then he cleaned the electrodes on the headset and said well, okay let's do this again and then he's all be damn I said what? And he finally told me. He says, "Well, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't know if I was seeing what I was seeing." And then we tested other people and those that were that were doing the sequence wasn't just me, you know, so I'm not just an anomaly, you know, type of thing. And that's why I'm sharing it. It's not about me. It's about just me having having to, sh- you know, wanting to share it. And so he says when you're in that sequence, you read cuz he measures vortexes for MIT and um NASA. you know he did that for years and uh so he knows human resonance and frequencies and he says when you and then he came up to Sedona years ago to prove that it's just a tourist place there's no such thing as vortices you know he didn't really know anything about vortices and he has a video out you know Sedona sink 
um, that where he did that whole exploration and found, oh my goodness, Sedona's on a giant crystal, and that um, the, and there are you know peak points where energy spouts out, which is where the trees twist. Mm. And uh, that when I did that sequence, it I registered as a vortex, as above, so below, which means this is this is the the telltale for someone who understands neural headsets or wants to look it up. It's, it's at the same time that I was fully conscious on both sides of my hemisphere, I was also in deep meditative state. At the same time, I was in high delta, which you have to have, be sleeping for eight hours of uninterrupted sleep in order to attain, to be able to go there. All at once, and everything was in tandem, as above, so below. Now, I didn't know how to read this, and we, we actually filmed it, so we have this footage and we we filmed other people in different states doing meditation, oming, praying, uh, stressed, um, stage four kidney. Uh, an Indian fellow did full samadhi, and we measured how that looks on the neuro headset. But this was the one that you emerged, you know, as above, so below, in balance, you know. And so that is the that is the scientific um, accent on why you would want to do it if you measured that way. That means you have access to higher elements of yourself. Number two, for those that want to leave in a good state, be conscious of their presence here and their leaving here. And then back to the holographic aspect, if that's what we're doing, there has to be like an end game. And what character do I want to play? How do I, how, what is my avatar doing? What is my intention? And uh, what do I hope to gain or attain? Well, that, you know, that goes in with the project delivering, you know, a compilation. I'm a producer of sorts, so I have various careers that I've produced various things. So that was my boot camp in order to, because I didn't really want to go into any of those professions. But I'm, I'm able to, based on my past experiences and, and, and public credentials of, of doing those things, <clears throat> to be bankable you know, with the right presentation and uh, and creating a new platform for those that have been holding up their plates for years and all the new kids in the block that has to do with this new paradigm and then having ancillaries and, and you know, having all these wonderful people come to the platform to perform these things and to teach this breath globally, you know, with ed which edutainment. Because people, you know, people that are not like you and I, you know, want to share information, learning all the time information, wanting to bring good to the world. And, you know, it has nothing. I would do what I'm doing if I had to change my name and no one knew who I was and I had to wear a burqa. You know, it's like this is just a soul's passion to be able to share the little I know. And it's, and it's such a, a, a dynamic platform because it actually allows you to change your consciousness, to rewire, and so that we can then co-create another whole simulation that it doesn't include. I don't want to destroy anything on anyone else. I, I can't change other people's choices, but I, but I can co-create a platform to where we can all play and a game that's really worthy of playing so that when the passers-by who are their frequencies raising in their own universes, you know, they say, so, oh, I want to send my son to that university or I want to participate, you know. And we need all, all kinds of people, you know. But everybody would have the thing that Hubbard had that was brilliant. And most practices or even dogma has that. 
is a vocabulary that we all share. There's, a, there's ethics and integrity and training. So everybody has the basics. It just comes with it. You know, the best thing that, that comes with this project is free. They won't know the value until after they've gone a ways. But the, it's free. It's like I'm giving it away. And um, creating these sacred platforms, it's the first ones funded by Indiegogo. They all could be, you know. But it can fund itself because they're buying tickets. They're buying virtual tickets. They're buying physical tickets. And the, I have a record company, Sequoia Records, who gave me um, sequoiarecords.com, Sonic Alchemy 432, as another whole department for new musicians and performers to aspire hmm. to and put their stuff in there. And then I have people that are musicians that are educated musicians that can actually define the formula of what the common denominator of these of this frequency is so that a, a musician who needs to be trained rather than intuitive can actually train to, to, to see what how that how that combination is reached. So it just creates just new fresh expansions of what is working in the world, you know, and an understanding thereof. So that's what I do and I aspire to it every day and I help people when I can and we're all in this together and I'm learning about, um, I knew about codependency, but I'm learning about the depths of narcissism. And it's caused by a disease. It's not like you can't kill them or anything. You know, I, you have close family members who can be narcissistic and stuff. But you can learn not to have every virus take you down. Mm. And that's done by upholding a, a frequency that's a certain frequency that no one can penetrate. It's not a defense. It's not a protection. Because then you're already planning disaster. It's like when you emanate a frequency and you give your presence. I mean, that's major. That's like, and holding space for someone who's ailing, you know, not like being sympathetic and, oh my God, and, and you know, joining the, the decline of, of, of their connection, but to actually hold the connection from a place of lovingness and, and centeredness. And it's doable. I mean, everything that, you know, yeah, it starts with the self. I've been working on that, you know, and always learning something new, like the Venus flytrap archetype that we ran into. You know, that was like a major. Because one of the chapters is exploring archetypes, you know, and how we, um, each one of us has a story, and we have certain ar archetypes we really like, and certain archetypes that we really don't like. And I don't mean standard archetypes like the spiritual ones are all rosy and everything. I'm talking about when people fall into a category of, say, covert narcissism or narcissism. Uh, that's the popular word today. It's identifying who's on the other end of codependency. you know, And, and they both have a responsibility to become sovereign you know, without uh, um, the idea of needing someone to see them or validate them before uh, they can be themselves, you know, that you can be like that. I didn't find that interview with Marianne Williamson, but uh, the one, that one you saw, that excerpt was just said just after they clobbered her with uh, Trump. And we're not talking politics here, we're talking uh, people who are trying to bring something good to the world and having the virus in it in the person, I'm not saying all people are bad, but that part of them came out, and it's public, so it's it's not matter. It's in my observation of women who would be usually supportive, even in their conservative or liberal ways, not actually pounce on somebody 
that is trying to come out that's had a name, a good name for, what, 30 years, 40 years, I forget how long that she's been out, and didn't give her the respect and ask her questions like curious children, like, what does that mean? And do you burn sage? They just threw it on her, like, you know, like t these these things, which showed their fear of, oh, no, you know, we, we, did, we, we couldn't trust the man. Now look at the mantra. We're going to trust a woman. And that puts themselves down, like treating a woman worse than they would treat somebody that they perceived was already going to be a problem. And, and, and it wasn't even personal. And she didn't. She held herself up, you know, in that because she was, you saw the second part where they were talking about the vaccines, you know. But the reason I'm bringing this up is that, you know, the virus is such that when people are giving their best and for the right reasons, um, that virus will take you down. You just, you see it right there in plain English. So that's how strong being disconnected, heart disconnected is. It's, 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 it's visibly, it's, it's like, you don't have to hunt for it. It's smack dab in your face. So these are the times that all of us need to bring our best mm -hmm. to the table, no matter what it is. You know, you don't have to be a teacher or a metaphysician or a musician uh, or anything. Just by your own beingness and, and knowing the other guy, oh, I know how to feel love, even if I hold my puppy, you know, whatever gets you there, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, and if a person is interested in, in practices, there's a bunch out there. But the main thing is, is, is breathing yourself into present time, being grateful, Gratitude is the planet, the platform for manifestation. And when you're grateful for all you do have, and you know, not what the lack is. I sit on a borderline all the time. I mean, I'm constantly put that. I say, I have all this, this wonderful thing, and then 3D reality kicks in and starts going, okay, but you need this, this, and this, and this. So I'm not exempt from any of those challenges. It's for right in the you know foremost in the, in, in the front lines with all people on different levels. I mean, even people who are extremely wealthy, but they, they're withholding from somebody because they have lack. You know, they don't have that wealth in a, in, a, in, a, in a real way, you know, kind of a thing. So in closing for this segment, I would just thank you for your time. And um, I would just, uh, the, 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 the three important things are no matter who you are and where you are, is to accept yourself in a loving way, to breathe yourself out of your mind's program, and to make these loving sounds, you know, uh, so that you open the heart circuit and you're able to use higher information. And inspiration will arrive. Mm. You know, I don't know anything. I just wait for the next moment and breathe myself in and say, okay, now what? Mm. You know, I have a direction and an idea, but I think that it's all doable for sure. Wonderful. So this is, welcome to segment three. This is where uh, we get to talk about reality breaks or when the matrix breaks down. And this is something I've, I'm really fascinated with. Uh, George Nori, Art Bell, uh, just been a fascinating group of, just listening to the shows. It's just listening to the unusual and the strange uh, is a fascinating place to look at things. But what I really find amazing are stories about when people notice that reality breaks down and then they'll experience strange and unusual things that can't be explained. But it leaves a lasting impression. Um, 
that's the other thing, kind of thing I want to explore is these these things that people have experienced that it's like, okay, did reality just break? What was that? You know, what happened? <laughs> uh, and we all carry wonderful, great stories that no one knows about, but that just make people stop and just go, wow, that's neat. <laughs> um, so do you have any stories you would like to share that have just been... Like, wow, that was, like, the most amazing thing. I never would have... What happened? You know, it makes you stop and question. I have three different ones, and and um, I'll do the short one first. Okay. So a couple of years ago, I had to drive to L.A., like I was saying, and I found the sound dome. Remember, I was talking about the dome, and mm-hmm. got together, and, and the sound of us breathing, you know, created a whole... We didn't even realize that that was going to happen. I had no idea that I was going to get this dome. The people that showed up were an interesting mix of people that I met in Sedona that moved to L.A. and that I knew in in L.A. that we did production of movies and all these things together, you know, documentaries on consciousness like the Elastic Zenith and stuff like that. And, And we were talking about the Matrix and things then, but not in this particular vein of thought that we're that we're looking at now. And so that uh, I'll start with that story because I actually had an active request to to see how the matrix worked. So first of all, you know yourself, maybe. I mean, most people would know to drive from Sedona to L.A. Uh, and I intended straight through, you know, not stopping anywhere except the rest areas with my puppy. And I should have gotten there, you know, eight hours, hmm. you know, give or take, depending on traffic or... So I didn't run into traffic or anything, but there was this weird weather and it took me 18 hours to get to LA, which is, and I don't mean there was accidents or anything. It's just that this is in retrospect looking at, so I'm not going to go into detail because it's just 18 hours to get to LA. And and I said, that is strange. And it, it took me 23 hours to get back. No, 18, okay. So somehow that number doesn't seem right. Okay, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Um, I guess it was like 18, 19, yeah, like just a few more hours to get back. And, uh, I mean, some of it's explainable. But the thing that I experienced, because I was looking for, I didn't know how to look at it, because I went there, and this whole concept didn't come together until after I came back and then some. And I and when I started like retelling somebody about my experience with people I hadn't seen in 10 years and other people that ended up there that I knew from here. And I was summing up like what actually happened. And, you know, because there was individual stories about people. And then, no, no, I looked at the whole thing. And no matter what people's stories were, no matter what was happening, I noticed several things. One... That, we, that somehow we came together to set the table, set the tone on an energetic, you know, ley line vortice with a 50-foot dome that had reverberable sound so you didn't need a microphone out of the clear blue sky. And I look back at each of the people in that room that I had relationship with, including my ex-husband that I was married to for nine years, Mikey, with his gr- girlfriend that he had. And I was complete. I looked at all the different scenarios. And I didn't look at it in present time. 
because I was in present time. I wasn't evaluating while I was being present. I was just present. And But in retrospect, I said, I looked, and there was this light. I noticed, I thought I was busy, but there was like, you know, not a beam of light or orbs or anything. It's just that it had like a quality. When I looked back in each of the scenes, they were sort of corner lit. Like if you looked at a, a frame of a picture and then the edges, the light would come out of the edges of the picture in a way. I mean, that's how I can explain it close to where the, how you can see it. And so I looked and I looked at those relationships. I said, yeah, all these different relationships and all the places I went, including going to my father's place because my father had, had uh, killed himself four years ago. And I stopped at the, at the place that he had lived and at, uh, was, said I could pick a piece of artwork. I just wanted his art supplies. That's what I asked for. I didn't know it. It's a long story, but the short of it is that when I picked this painting, it's in the studio, it has the black and white ravens because it had the dark and light hair. And uh, on the back of it, he had painted like a glitter goddess. So I chose that, and it's nothing like his other paintings at all. Then rolling, rolled down from somewhere, I said, where did my father take his life? And when I said that, the woman there had a tear and said, right where you're standing. And this circular thing, it's like an Egyptian painting that's in the studio. It's, it's a picture of my son in Egypt that rolled down at the feet. So I left with those two pieces. So, and I'm going, okay, so now I had like, it was like these closures, like here's the hologram. I mean, you know, the simulations. And I went to all those other sims of the different lives I've had with all those different people, including my son and those people. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, the, this this my father you know and that's that was when I was leaving town and then the the dog people bringing my my dog to introducing Topper's mom to the lady and then finally getting home two hours before these two girls were going to check in and I had to get everything ready within two hours with no sleep and just like whew, fell back into this dimension so that was a period of a week you know, going and coming and experiencing all those hours, you know, and it wasn't like I was staying overnight or stopped and did this or the car broke down. It was weird that it took. And I felt in looking back with all the sand and everything that I was actually going through these portals to get to those simulations. I actually felt that kind of a thing it wasn't usual because I was paying attention, even though I didn't interpret it the way I did now then and so that was that was that one and then the uh, the uh an interesting thing was in my studio i i was um i was i was in there and somebody that was there to, to make a very short story was supposed to i was supposed to have this lozenger and it was supposed to um be like um you know i thought it was something soothing like a cbd oil or something and that was what was was uh, presented to me. And it was some kind of a frog thing where you're not... I really can't accurately speak about what it was. But what happened is I was sitting there and I started breathing the best I could because it's everything started pixelating. So talking about... This was totally pixelating. And I told the person, and I said, don't leave, don't leave. I said, because everything's starting to disappear and pixelate. 
you know, and I couldn't control it. So uh, whatever that was, but I would, but I, I knew to be conscious. I knew that I had to be super present and I was looking for air, for oxygen. And then I experienced the flatness of what this really is from a real perspective. This is all stagnant. It's pretty stagnant. I couldn't even, I couldn't even come in this room. And this was like the, the healing room before that studio was painted up. And so what happened was, uh, and I don't know how long it took. It might've been, might've been 10 minutes. might've been 20. I really don't know. It could have been, I don't think it was less, no less than 10 minutes, but that's, these are guesstimates, no time, but it was eternal. And I knew that, that then, then the inside, that, that room, that started to stifle me. And I said, I can't believe it. That's such a life in there. And I went out on the deck and that was like, it was like a prop. I wasn't hallucinating because I saw what was there. It's not like something else was coming in my space, but it was like, and then my breath, I couldn't, I couldn't taste the oxygen. I couldn't feel the oxygen. And I, and, and I started, you know, banging on things just, you know, um, in my body to try to coordinate because it was pixelating. It was like the reality was starting to disintegrate and yeah, and then finally, um, I mean, I couldn't stay still or sit with it. I had to just, you know, I had to just move around. And and then, you know, I, at one point I actually got on the ground and, you know, started you know, tapping my body to the deck to feel yeah. the wood. Yeah. To feel, I didn't feel any energy. And I'm going, no, because that's what we rely on. Even if we block energy, we're still blocking energy. It's still energy. You gave, you me, the, you gave me the visual when you were describing that, of that movie Altered States where the guy was hitting himself up against the wall because he was starting to turn into like static TV snow. Uh-huh. And he would uh-huh. hit himself again to like try to come back. It to... was similar. <laughs> it was similar. Back and to physical. It was. And so, and it took me a while. And, you know, and things just, you know, the sky was like a Tron, you know. Yeah, it was, it, it, the, 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 the computer thing is there, is there. I witnessed that myself. And I, you know, and... And I didn't know how to get out of it. And I didn't, and I was trying to ground and I wouldn't let, it was like emergency. In other words, I didn't panic, but I was like right there. I could panic. Uh, you know, I'm going to keep on trying until there's no more trying, but I didn't want to let go of this reality. I wasn't ready to leave. I didn't feel sick or I was dying or a headache or stomach, you know, it wasn't a local thing. It was a consciousness thing and everything was pixelating and my eyes were blinking like this and I'm going, whoa. And then finally, whatever it is, whatever the hell was on that, I don't know what the hell, but I said, you better never give that to anyone. And, uh, you know, I don't know what, that's another story, but it's just that it was like, uh, for those minutes, if I didn't stay in that reality, I don't know if I would come back, I'd be able to come back. Maybe I could, maybe I just didn't want to let go of control, but I didn't think it was a good idea to let go of control. You know, because I didn't, there was no, like, other side or, you know, like, come dreams with May, the, you know, colorful, milky stuff. No, no. It was, like, pixelating, and I'm going, okay. So this, rea- the rea- now, I have a, 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 I have a, an analogy that I, that I, that I, I entertain based on Brett Braden's story of uh, a ship that had um, been, uh, in a storm and lost course and the ship found an island but there was no boats or anything else like that they didn't even know it was inhabited so they came in and 
dock the ship out there how they do, and they put the long boats in and sent a crew. And there just so happened to be a band of people who lived there uh, on the island, and the people were looking at them incredulously and just looking out there and looking, you know, like, where did they come from, you know? And <clears throat> long story short, uh, the chief of the people and, you know, it's going, where did you come from? And they got a stick, and, and, and he drew the, the ship with the masts or whatever kind of ship it was, and and then the, and the boats. Only when that happened did the the people see it. All of a sudden it appeared, and they were going, oh, my God, it's like magic. It, you know, uh, they were very grounded people. They weren't like, you know, what people think uneducated people would be like. They're very intuitive. They live on the land. They live with life. More, more grounded than regular civilizations. And he goes, wow. So since it was, a, I don't know how big the island was, but a, apparently not a real big one, the, the wise thing is you live at the top of the mountain because you have lots of weather, you know, waves and tsunamis maybe, I don't know. But the, that would be my guess is why the village was up. And it was like hour to hike or something, I don't know. I don't know, those aren't important logistics, but it was up there. By the time they got there with their boat people, they just said, we need supplies. We're lost out there. And they go, no problem. By the time they got up there, they didn't have telephones, cell phones, nothing. They knew, they all saw the ship. They saw the boats. They knew how many visitors. And they had food ready, you know, to give them the evening and then supplies for their journey. So... What the, the point of that story is, in the Matrix, you know, like the hundredth monkey, so it's washing the food, you know, the theory, you know, and then pretty much within three weeks, all the monkeys were washing food. So th that has to be a reason they didn't call each other up either. And they didn't have YouTube, you know, so that's, there's a connection like Avatar. So, so that was an, ex that's what explained like, I was being introduced to a reality, but nobody was drawing a picture of what it was. So I didn't have a reference point. That was the point of me telling you that story. Good thing I came back. <laughs> you know, so I, 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 I didn't have a reference point to visualize in the Avatar, in the library that I have, couldn't relate to what my eyes couldn't see. It just didn't have, because they were looking and there was no ship. They looked again, and there was a ship. So the only way I can relate to that one, it's sort of unfinished business, is that I didn't have, nothing was put there for me to bridge the next step, which is why it's important for me to bring forth this um, applicable practice that puts you in charge of your avatar so you get to reprogram and you're responsible for yourself, which we are anyway, and we can actually uh, do something about what, wherever we want to go. Talk about a trip or a vacation. You know, you're actually going to now, you know, get in there and, uh, you know, pack all the stuff you need to, to do the mission at hand, you know. So I'm in the, in the process of becoming that myself, the best I know how, mm -hmm. and uh, manifest this vision for all, the, all of us that are holding up. We're all doing part of it already. We have, you know, people have material and we have a record company. We have people waiting for virtual application, you know, there you just, and as I get clear and I rewire and I upgrade and uh, respect the avatar 
and um, self-love, then, you know, it has the right components to attract that platform, which is not being sought after by the deep state or anything. It, they can't even see it. It's just like I couldn't see that other reality that, that was pix- I was pixelating into. You know, I wasn't capable at that time. And I didn't have a premonition of it was good or bad. It just wasn't there. I mean, just mm-hmm. pixel, you know, just like you see. Pixel, pixel, pixel. Um, so um, did I answer that? You did. Actually, what came to mind when you were talking about the ship. Oh, there was one more. Go ahead. And, and that they didn't see the ship until they drew it and they went, oh, there's a ship. It reminded me of an experiment they did in, in attention where um, it, it was ba- they were doing a basketball game. And the idea was people were so focused on the basketball game, they had a guy dressed in a gorilla suit walk across the basketball oh, court. Oh, I saw that. And then they asked that, you know, a little bit later, they, they said, did you n- notice anything unusual that happened during the game? And people were describing, you know, they played the game this way or they had this many hoops. Or did, and then someone says, well, did anyone see the gorilla? And, and people were like, uh, no, what gorilla? <laughs> and then they would play it back. And uh-huh. there it was. And I, then, I actually yeah. saw those. I saw that video and I didn't see it either until they pointed it out. Exactly. It's like, like, oh my gosh, there really is something to the not seeing something right in front of us. And that's right in front of us. That's in this reality. Imagine things that we we Mm. can't perceive outside the reality. Mm. Well, in that case, those boats were there and so was the ship. But they didn't have, I think Greg Braden's point was, they um, they didn't have a reference. You know, I mean, sometimes if you... If someone throws a book on your island and then you see a picture of an umbrella and then someone, you know, boat lands, boat, and then has an umbrella, you saw the book and the picture, Mm. you still have a reference. Like, oh, that's the umbrella from the sky. You know, but there was no reference. So, And as soon as there was one, the brain downloaded from their SD card, so to speak, or hard drive, whichever, and and was able to duplicate it. So there was one more story. What was it? So I got the... I got the one with the, with the, the hologram and living, you know, living through, you know, intending on seeing how it works. I mean, I mean, it didn't give me a grand understanding of it, but I actually saw how all those sins that I had in the past were done. I did good. I, you know, I didn't have any bad karma or things I needed to repair or anything, you know, and complete with Mikey and just, you know, just it was like a completing cycle showing how those sims are done and then um and then back here uh so that we have the 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 frog i call it the frog experience because someone said that they had the skin of a frog and they had something like that happen so i said well i didn't eat any skins of frogs that i know about but i don't know what's on that lozenger you know but it was a 10 minute like whatever but thank goodness i had if i didn't have the wherewithal the basics to to know to hang in there with myself i mean maybe nothing would happen i don't know but i think that i needed to actually be as present as i could and came out the other side and that the explanation of you know i didn't have the reference is really the answer you know looking at it now i didn't look at it like then as as a sim necessarily you know in that way but there was another experience that i had that I it slipped my mind. It was three of them. There was, oh, yes, the moon. Okay, and we experienced, I told you about that the other day. 
I'll just say three quick experiences. One was with a fellow who uh, stayed uh, in the B&B and were on the deck. And the first time it happened was with this girl, Marie, and she was watching Burning Man on her laptop on the deck. So I come out there and, you know, there's a certain time it happens and all that where they burn the man in the desert. And we noticed that the moon was at, a, at say, 10 o'clock on the clock, if you look at put a clock in front of you. And then I went in to make a tea to bring out, which takes all of boiling water. And we came out and then it's at 12 o'clock. And I went, and it was so noticeable because we were looking at the moon and everything. And I just said, wait a minute, wasn't the moon just over there at 10 o'clock before I went to make the tea? And she goes, you know, I had my eye on that, but I thought, well, did I have missing time or something? She didn't know. And so then uh, we just looked down and she showed me something on the computer, you know, it was happening in present time. So there was no getting lost in a YouTube or anything. It was like in present time. And all of a sudden it was at two o'clock. And I went, went all within 10 minutes. So the whole thing, from 10 o'clock to midnight to 2 o'clock, positioning the moon on, on, on that wheel. Within 20 minutes, all of that sequence had gone down. And then, so they were, that to me is a glitch in the matrix. Because there was no abductions or aliens or, you know, missing time. Nobody knocked me out. I didn't wake up in a stupor. I was standing right there. So, oh, maybe a year later is when this young man was out there. And... uh he was out there, and I was running back and forth doing my stuff. And, and I come out with the dogs, and he goes, he says, that's so weird. I, I just, I've been, I've been out here. And he kind of repeated a similar story. He says, I was out there, and all of a sudden, what time is it? Was I out here long? I said, no, I just went in to get cookies for the dogs and change the water, and I came out. And he says, the moon is just moved so quick, but it's not logical because he spends times on boats. So he knows these things quite well because that you're out on the ship, you know, and he sees the stars and the moon and the weather and all of this stuff is a big, biggest part of your life when you're sea bound, you know, and it was just perplexing. And then he went to, to do something with this, something he had. Oh, his, his, uh, his drum. I have it. Actually, his drum is in the studio. Is that, um, this one. And, he was fixing something on it. And then he looked, as he was telling me this, and then the prior a minute before then, he was pointing. And then so he's involved in tightening the thing because he was giving me the drum. And then he looks up and he goes, and then I knew what he was saying because I didn't quite catch it because he wasn't explaining it in a way that I was hearing right away. And then I went that, and I related the experience to what I had with Marie. Then, I mean, it's happened here and there, but just the last full moon, the last one, the last full moon we had, it's like it came up over, it comes up over toward uptown, comes over from that area on the right-hand side of, of the sky. And then all of a sudden, it was on the first full moon, you know, it did its thing. You know, and it seemed pretty regular, big, big moon, and then it gets smaller as it goes higher. 
and then you know that kind of a thing and i'm up a lot so i see it come from one arc to another from left to right on a semicircle so the next night we're i didn't celebrate the full moon i thought well i'm going to celebrate because i was busy with other things but i was in prep so setting the table setting the tone it doesn't sometimes it's not the day or the moment it's it all comes together when it comes together when you're present and then all of a sudden um uh i noticed like where the heck is the moon i mean you know sunset i mean sunrise uh, moonrise is at a certain time and uh and it's not there and it's a full moon so how's that going to work i'm looking there's no chemtrails you know that can cover the moon and way later and i text somebody about that i said do you see the moon where you're at you know what's going on with this and um they uh, the pamela my I don't know if you met her before you might have uh the little blonde she had said that she couldn't find the moon either, either you know and and I told her you know and she told me this this full moon and it happened last full moon as well that's I forgot there I know there was two instances so two full moons in a row I'm noticing and I'm texting people on Facebook and saying does anyone notice anything about the moon I didn't I didn't get any answer that I know about. I have to, you know, double check but that I would have gotten it and no one answered on the moon. Oh, somebody had some sarcastic answers, you know, like well, it moves around, you know, they didn't understand what I was saying. I didn't elaborate. I just figured somebody who noticed it would say, "Yep, I did." So then this time when I I mentioned it to Pamela, but she didn't observe it on that on that trip. And then this time she said that she, she said there is a full moon so for two days in a row after this last full moon there's no full moon it comes later like 10:00 11:00 then the moon shows up when it should be the moon you know if if we're doing what they say we're doing on the you know with how astrology you know astronomy works you know so th- to me that's a glitch in the matrix because there's no way physically that the moon is going to hop skip and a jump because but how does it move so there must be that we're not as present as we think we are when we think we're present to the point where now the, the part that 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 I was looking at if it was a glitch in the matrix and then the clock would show missing time just like with UFO experiences none of that the clock was the clock the time was the time but the image was shifting i didn't see the jump i'd look up and th- there it is you know in plain sight and then you look at the less cuz we started clocking it said okay let's look at the clock now because something is up here so i can't explain it but i know it has something to do with cuz i don't i don't know a lot about what i'm talking about you know it's just scratching the surface and stuff like that but i i'm very happy for the references i have the people that are looking you know that is their profession to to study uh the the hologram the the matrix the simulations and how they work and i still think that right now for for a fundamental foundation that the tom campbell material would be the most articulate and consistent mm-hmm. to where you could actually you know follow it as i said i think that the young kids people who are computer even oldsters that are you know deeply ensconced in 
how the computers and the hard drives and the mainframes used to work. It's closer to how, you know, it's explained, you know, with the mainframe and bubble computers and, and USB ports and, <laughs> you know, trickles on down because this is a data universe. It's all about data. And I think um, the challenge that we really face, the stories of the stories, the politics and the, all that are stories to see where people are at. Because wherever you're at, there you go. Wherever you go, there you're at. That's where you're, you know, you are. I think that's how it goes. Wherever you go, there you are. So you're your own navigator, whether your ship is running wild or whether you're navigating it intentionally, deliberately. But the, 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 the big split here is between AI and being your own avatar and driving your own ship. And it's, and it's, there's no judgment on it, just that, you know, there's a consequence for both. I believe right now with what data I have could change with more data, but right now it seems that when you go the way of AI, it's like joining the Borg Collective. And you lose more of your individuality, except in cosplay by being whatever tar you decorate yourself to be out in the world, you know, but you, you accept the whole... Um, mindset, a whole uh, set of rules that you're agreeing to play in within another dogmatic reality, you know, because it's like a certain reality where AI does everything for you. I mean, nothing wrong with tools, mind you, but there's a fine line between tools and dependency. And since people are trading addictions, you know, they're, they're you know, not knowing how to do stuff. I think it's important to know how to do stuff and then use a tool to do it quicker. That's all right. And then the other part is like, you know, the, what I think is more optimum is uh, owning that you have the avatar, taking responsibility for it, you know, and upgrading it, doing repairs and upgrades and rewires to make it work while you're in it, you know. And then I think by reaching certain frequencies um, that you gain access to higher consciousness and being able to navigate consciously consciously within it. But at the same time, you're, uh, you allow yourself like another platform for downloading, you know, new adventures, you know, by consciously, you know, being able to do that without being absorbed. See, my whole thing is I don't want to be in the Borg mentality, and I don't mean Borg like as a prejudice thing, but I mean as the concept of, a collective, you know, like a, you know, not no individuation, um, eventually, and because uh, I, because I, you get erased magnetically, it's just a magnetic thing. It's not even personal. But if you if you become present, you can't be erased. Your files can be erased, but not you. So that's really, to me, an important goal and why I would be in this game. You know, I don't need to achieve anything. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. I don't need to, to do the project just because, you know, I need to, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need to do, I'm sitting on a gold mine in there and I just can't get in there, and, you know, and put, put all the things together that would um, make it easier for me to, to live day to day and even execute this project because it's not as important as this project. This project is the main, the main focus for me. You know, sharing this information in, in an edutainment format so that, you know, you, know, you just put, you set the table with it. It's like, it's like an apple pie. It has its own fragrance. 
and it's got its own rule set and it can be upgraded and it can be modified and it can be enhanced, you know? Well, before we break here, is there, um, if people want to find out more about you or if there's any places you would like them to go to, to look up information about what you do or services you offer, is there any websites you like to offer up to view or? Well, thanks for asking. Um, I'm in the, what's called, uh, some people when they change locations or jobs or something they call it, they, they feel confused. But Bashar put out this saying called co-fusion. And I'm in the state of co-fusion, which is not exactly where I've been and not exactly where I'm going, but the corridor in between, which is the creation process. And in doing so, what happens is you, uh, you know, you have the pieces and the parts. Mm-hmm. So it's like putting together the puzzle, putting together the pieces, okay. that kind of a thing. And so... Um, there's websites like rantingsofamadwoman.com, which is sort of a scrapbook. It's not like, you know, I'm not adding to it currently. It's sort of like a cyber scrapbook of where I was for a number of years and some fun facts and figures, which gives me the background to be able to um, put forth such a project as, as, as is my mission, so to speak. And then there's Raven's Cosmic Portal, which is my... I'm holding down the fort here in Sedona, Arizona, and I've been for 12 years um, actually in research and development by fielding people and their states of consciousness and learning and, you know, uh, been on the front lines of like, what the heck? And uh, tr- and, and coming out with uh, how to describe that and how to navigate it and, you know, and have some, uh, so, I, and I'm putting together for a global launch um, the sonicalchemy.academy, which is a virtual, uh, the website is not active at this time. The other two are, but this one is not yet. I'm on Facebook as Raven Delacroix, and I have other side pages that have been feeding, you know, I just need a big uh, staff right now to put all these pieces together with me. And, uh, and you know, and I have a record company, which is Sequoia Records, uh, Dave and Steve Gordon. I've been friends with them for like 40 some odd years, and they are the record company I'm using for um, launching this project, and they'll be able to handle the artists and so on and so forth. And we're going to do an Indiegogo platform. Once I get the recordings of the sequences of the breath with the animation, which makes it very easy for a person to learn virtually, and a documentary about the frequencies and how they work and who's on board, and then the actual Indiegogo launch, which invites people uh, to... um, to play the game, to, to be part of this, this virtual uh, game of raising the frequency consciously and training and breathing and, and then putting on these sacred concerts through edutainment um, with the musicians and performers that I've gathered over the years that have it, they have it. And, uh, and then launching the academy um, to be virtual and then also physical eventually, you know, for people to come to the academy and be able to, like a living Hogwarts uh, you know, type of thing, um, or Jedi Academy combination. And uh, so, you know, so therefore people can spring and they'll spring off that and come up with better ideas than I've ever had, but that's the, the, the flagship, you know. So through Raven's Cosmic Portal, that's that's current, the, inf- the information is current on there, and I'm just right now um, holding up all those pieces and learning to, um, to have them in tandem without being overwhelmed by any particular piece and I got some underway and others I'm still working with, you know, 
and then as soon as I get the virtual pieces together, then it'll be a global party. And those that are high-minded and really want to make a difference, no matter if you answer a phone or pump gas or wash a window or babysit a child or teach a course or play an instrument, it doesn't matter because it's all your frequency and everybody matters. The whole orchestration, everybody matters. And so we'll have flagships all over the planet. We'll have concerts and, and you know, this will be like a snowball, you know, the downhill, uh, a hundredth monkey, uh, a thousand times over. And so that's no doubt. It's just setting the table, setting the tone and giving a very specific technical launch so that you can't bastardize the technology because that's what occurred. It took out the frequency, the lost chord in the first place. So I'm restoring the peace. And that was supposed to be what we're going to do. We went on this wild Mr. Toad ride and now we're, you know, coming back into port and, you know, upgrading the system and the rule play. That's your dog doing that. And uh, we're just petting dogs here. There. And um, don't you think? So, because she's really asking for your attention and she doesn't generally do that. So my little girl, Scotty, and he had, Mark had a dog that passed away. And so my animals sometimes come forth and will communicate specifically with somebody mm-hmm. saying, it's just a hologram and it's a simulation and I'm just coming over to this vessel to say hi. Mm-hmm. You know, very cute. So, yeah, so that's how one would do it. Raven at ravenscosmicportal.com. You know, that'll be a way. That's also, that's email. And then ravenscosmicportal.com uh, is a website. And that they're just all scrapbooks at the moment. Okay. The one that I plan is like super high-tech, interactive, you know, built for the kids of today. And easy enough that anyone that can operate a computer can navigate quite easily and access the, the finest things that we have to offer for nothing, you know. Well, this has been uh, quite the ride for Reality Explorers. Uh, our first episode, and it's been a journey. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome, and thank you for being a part of this uh, experience. Hey, the word is the invocation, and I keep the passion daily, the, the vision for a healthy, loving planet with people that are heart-centered and creating ease instead of dis-ease and, you know, and weaving together beautiful futures and nurturing nature and living in, in, in harmony. That's what people want. They just yeah. have to know how to act it and to be it. Yeah. We have to remind each other we each have something to bring to the table with these things. <laughs>